Hello, everyone. I am Chris Hyam, CEO of Indeed, and welcome to the next installment of Here to Help. This is our look at how Indeed has been navigating the global impact of COVID-19. Today is November 16th. We are on day 258 of global work from home. At Indeed, as you know, our mission is to help people get jobs, and this is what gets us out of bed in the morning and what keeps us up at night. And we also have five core values that help guide us on that mission. And one of those core values is inclusion and belonging. And we've talked about a number of our inclusion resource groups on previous episodes of this podcast. Today, we'll be talking about a group we haven't discussed before. And I am delighted to be joined today by Virginia Campoy, Client Success Specialist in our Scottsdale, Arizona office. Virginia is also the Scottsdale site lead for our All Generations Empowered Inclusion Resource Group. Virginia, thank you so much for joining me today. What an honor to be here with you, Chris. It's a privilege. Thank you. So let's start where we always start these discussions with a quick check-in. How are you doing today? I almost feel guilty, but I'm thriving and living my best life today. Well, that is always wonderful to hear. Um, I would love to to get just a little bit of uh, uh, a sort of check-in on what it is that you do in your role. You are a client success specialist. Can you talk a little bit about what that entails and what types of clients do you work with? Thank you. I have the honor to call our clients. I have about 300 accounts. I work with two phenomenal account executives, both stationed in um, New York. And together we strategize with our client companies of how to optimize their experience on Indeed. Um, of course, bringing in the revenue, maintaining revenue, and building relationships. And really primary is number one, building the relationships. That's what we thrive at. And so I get to talk to client companies who may be thriving in the world or may be struggling right now, um, but I listen to their needs. I, and genuinely, I just call and say, how are we doing for you? What's missing? Uh, what's your experience like? And I always have a little feedback form so I can submit it to the team because I think that really, we're the front line. And um, I take notes so that hopefully I can bring it back to product or marketing for age. That's what we try to do. So you mentioned age. Age is for the folks who are outside of Indeed is the uh, acronym for All Generations Empowered. So that is the inclusion resource group that you are the site lead of in Scottsdale. Can you talk a little bit about age and what it's all about and uh, what is your focus? Thank you. Let's start off with the mission statement. Um, all Generations Empowered just provides opportunities for networking, um, community experience, education, while exploring the benefits and challenges of a multi-generation workplace. So it doesn't necessarily mean just because we have the acronym of age, it doesn't really reflect a seasoned population. These are experiences that can be felt throughout one's career, whether you're up and coming, whether you're 15 and just looking for a job. Um, there's lots of nuances to that. And we speak about that in our group. And that's our main focus. Fantastic. So uh, let's talk a little bit about how you got to Indeed. Um, you've been with Indeed now for, for nearly two years, but Tell us a little bit about your journey. What a journey it's been. Um, winding roads and 
experiences that have made me stretch. We are the sum total of all our experiences in life. And so um, I just, I've evolved over my lifetime, not necessarily with one set focus, one set career. I was a single mom with two children, uh, overcoming poverty, making sure that they were raised in a good way. So my focus was not my career. My focus was them. Initially, I thought I was going to be able to maim the the career, but because my income was so low, my childcare was so high, it just did not. And then they were turning out like people that I didn't know. So if I wanted them to have my values that my parents taught me, then I needed to focus on them and just do what I could do until they were a little bit older. So ended up becoming a social worker basically because I was able to find resources. I worked in victimology because I wanted to save the world. So my heart is in there anyway. Uh, Because of my different jobs, I was able to be accepted uh, to USC's master's program for uh, School of Social Work, became an investigator, um, child abuse, more like a cop than a social worker. Did that for many years, never lost a case. I'm fierce with my passion. No matter if you're my loved one, You're my horse, my dog. I'm fierce with the people who I love or what I feel is vital. Um, And I, my body took a toll. I was tired. And I thought, you know, I can't do this anymore. So I decided to look for another way to help people. And I ended up becoming a recruiter for 15 years. And that taught me about recruiting, helping people, teaching them how to prep for an interview, coaching employers, So this is what I do as a client success specialist. So it's even juicy information that I can still share with them. Um, And then I ended up being in the fork of the road where I had to make a decision about my career because I felt like I had aged out. All of a sudden I was applying to opportunities and nobody was biting. And I thought to myself, as a recruiter, you know you're going to hit this ceiling. Typically it happens, but here I am selfishly thinking I'm not there yet, but I kind of was. So I ended up lowering my expectations of my role because really I was asking myself, what about work-life balance? You've never had that in your life. Maybe I can create some time for personal. Um, And so I took a step down and looked at positions that were customer service. Not that it's a step down, just a smaller role eight to five and looking for a company that would take care of me where I could work until whatever. But um, nobody was biting. And so I was in California to make a long story short, came to Arizona with everything in my car that could fit. My parents here, my family's here. What was I doing over there? No job, but I marketed myself. I had 15 interviews the first two weeks that I was here and got indeed the second week. I couldn't believe my eyes. I've been using Indeed as a recruiter forever. And thank you very much. You helped me put my kids through school. They got braces. I mean, Indeed does make a difference. Um, My recruiter friends are calling now going, hey, man, you guys are not as free as you were. And I said, no, but we helped you get there, right? Um, So we've grown up a lot at Indeed, but your reputation follows you. When I went for the interview, I couldn't believe it. I thought I was... Dorothy, I've said this before, uh, everything went black from black and white to color chrome. It was beautiful to see. But I was nervous because 
I didn't see my reflection. And I thought, well, this will be a good exercise. I know they'll give me a good interview because it's your indeed. I was excited just to have the opportunity and get a behind the scenes view, never thinking that I would actually be invited to be family. And luckily, my the director of uh, client specials, uh, client specialist in Scottsdale, Adrian, he walked in and just said, Virginia, we're going to have a conversation and made me relax. And that's what we did. We didn't talk about my skill set and my tech lack of tech experience. He was evoking my skill set. I can make friends in three minutes on the phone. My life depended on it. So um, he found something in me that would be of value. And so I accepted, but was even scared with that because I didn't want people to find out how dumb I was because I didn't know tech. Isn't that amazing how we equate ourselves to ignorance when we don't know anything or a particular specialty? So your company, our company provides ways for folks like me to be integrated into the system and to be a reflection of the company and show a different workforce and expand stereotypes of the tech world that I didn't even know existed until I came in. Um, and so that's what we're doing with age too. That's why I jumped on it right away. Saw that we had lit and women, I could see that when we were signing up, there were so many I could be a part of because there's lots of intersectionality, right? But being a Latina woman professional, how refreshing it was to have a group where I could be me, where the companies that I have worked for in the past, the Orange County, California, would not allow in those days, now maybe, but you know, I was required to homogenize, to blend in, let go of my culture, to be a success. And for the first time in my life, I found a company culture that embraces. I was listening to the talk with uh, Danny Scout and LaFawn this morning um, and Paul. Because of our DIMB philosophy, we have 40% of our workforce involved. And that can only improve our product. That can only improve our marketing. That can only improve the relationships between each other and thus fulfilling the five goals of our mission. Wow. Well, uh, it's an amazing story. Uh, I have to say we're very fortunate to have you. So I'm glad things worked out the way that they did. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned that when you were talking about your kids, that you you raised your kids to be empowered. And that's obviously that's one of the words in, in our acronym for the IRG age, all generations empowered. Can you talk a little bit about what it means to you to be empowered? My parents taught me self-sufficiency. I don't think I would have been prepared to be a single mom, big father, mother, fighting the world while keeping a smile on my face and pretending that we weren't living in chaos. So I attribute that to my parents. My father comes from 13, from a humble beginning, um, ended up joining the army at 19. Uh, my mother is also from humble beginnings, first generation here, both of them. Um, but she was one of the first people in her generation to get an AA degree, which was huge in those days. Their romance is a beautiful story. We'll talk about that later. But whenever uh, that my father taught me young, if I wanted something, I had to earn it. 
My mother wanted to keep me busy. She knew I had a business sense. I sold a lot of Girl Scout cookies. She enrolled in a stationary sales position. They sent her the book and she gave me the book. Here I'm nine and I'm carrying this big old stationary book. And I looked at her, I go, mom, you were gonna do this. And she goes, no, you walk around, I'll stand on the corner and you knock on the door. I know everybody at the street, you'll be safe. Just wave at me and let me know you're going in. And I did. People were charmed. I didn't know what I was doing, but they liked it. I liked it. And then when I wouldn't go, they called me. They called my mother. Where is she? So I realized, oh, my mom says, you have clients. I go, what are those? And she goes, well. So I earned extra money that way. If I wanted a guitar, my dad said, how are you going to earn it to get $100 to get a guitar? Little things like that. When I got a car, everything he taught my brother, I changed the oil in my car. I couldn't drive until I showed him I could change a tire. He was the mock-up lead for North American Rockwell in uh, Los Angeles for the Apollo Space Program. So here is a humble, very, very poor beginnings. And he becomes the number one mock-up engineer for the Apollo Space Program in California. When our three astronauts passed in the middle of the night, my dad got that call because that was his ship. We knew the astronauts. We would play in the capsule on family days. My mom was traditional, stayed at home, sewed all our clothes. She saved her prom dresses. So those are my, and made us Easter dresses. So it's those resources that I took because I knew that I would not be able to take my kids to private school. And I wanted to end domestic violence. And they did. They grew up to be self-sufficient, productive civilians. No boomerangs, they married good men, they have beautiful families. Th that is my most joyful pride. Remarkable. So when you were telling your story about your career progression, you used the term aged out. Can you describe what that means practically in the employment world? That means the market no longer finds you viable. I mean, that, that, it's hard to say, but that's what that term means. When you hear that, that's what you think. It's not really spoken publicly, maybe managers, maybe recruiting. We talk about that. And sometimes uh, I've had to be able to have those conversations with more tenured professionals in a very easy way not to be offensive but I want them to still be marketable. Change your email. If you've got an SBC Global email, we want you to have Gmail. That's a little bit more relevant because people get judged on how old you are by the email URL. Isn't that amazing? And, you know, most people would like to say, I'm an expert at this for 20 years. That's my value. And I would say, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Just say, my specialty is that, that, that. You don't have to accentuate with the years. You do everything that you can to blend into the market, to prove your way into an interview. And then when you're lucky to get an interview, you're hoping that you're not getting a stereotypical question like, well, we know you've done the role, but would you, how would you adapt? One of the things, you know, that we look at through the lens of, of all of our inclusion resource groups is, is how these various just qualities of a person can become barriers in the hiring process. So why is it that, that age 
is uh, has become such a, a barrier and what can we do to try to overcome that? Age has become a, a barrier traditionally, but I think that we're slowly seeing that awareness um, being raised that just because you reach a certain point in your career does not mean that you have nothing to give. And I always use the term juice. I'm still juicy. I got stuff to give. I'm relevant. I want to learn about TikTok. And maybe that's the difference. I want to encourage, you know, more tenured professionals to be open. And rather than thinking those traditional things, well, back in my day, well, you know what? It's not your day. Today's our day. And how can you stay relevant and use vocabulary that keeps you relevant today? So teaching others how to use and embrace different methodologies of speaking. I know I've adapted my way of speaking and I've changed it since I've become an age member because it has raised my conscious level. I never thought I was offensive, but I think some of the terms that I was using as slang is, so I've changed it. So that's what age does. And when I love age because of the fact that it's not, it's all generations. I wanna hear your experience as an intern. I wanna hear your experience uh, as you roll over to our employee position. Oh my goodness, and now you've been here for five years. We have a manager at CA Shared, Steve, who has a wonderful story. We have so many like that. Proving over and over again, if we can highlight people on the tenured side, and I can give referrals to my friends and maybe build that pipeline too, by teaching recruiting, by teaching TA, um, different ways of interviewing and thinking. The blessing for this role, for me as co-site lead, it's been a challenge to really lift the whole group up in Scottsdale, I'll be honest, because of the work from home and my main population is, is shared and they are front, front line. So what I've been involving myself with is making myself available. So I met with the recruiting team from New York and I met seven phenomenal professionals and told them my story of how I came to Indeed. They were taking notes and they admitted that they were, would never have thought to hire me necessarily. So it, if it wasn't for age, I wouldn't be able to integrate with other folks that I don't know. With age now, we're after the summit, which was phenomenal, thank you, um, we uh, connected our, our age group in Scottsdale, connected with EMEA. A-plus students want to hang out with A-plus students, and they had a phenomenal year last year. So we want to find out from them tricks that we can improve and together build power and strength. And who else can say, I have friends in Australia that I work with. Who else can say, I have a friend in Japan, right? And they're saying, hey, I have a friend in Scottsdale. So really, age has a way of enriching our community to a personal level. And I even got a chance to talk to, through age and summit, um, one of your um UW design developers um, called me and asked me about if we could have time. She found out I was in shared. She's creating a special uh, something about promotions. And we had a 30 minute conversation about how I initiate those promotions, how I think. And she's, we're going to help streamline so that my team members will not have to juggle back and forth to add central. So these are the things um, 
and the values that we bring. Yeah, so you mentioned one of the things that is unique about the All Generations Empowered IRG is that it really is for everyone. Um, a lot of the other groups have one particular audience they're focused on, and then we have allies, but really everyone is part of all generations. Can you talk a little bit about um, the work of age within Indeed and what you all are doing to help us challenge some of the, the preconceptions that you were talking about before? Well, you know, as I was going over our notes today, I even remembered that um, as a culture, you know, we are taught as Mexican-Americans, we are taught not to look at anybody in the eye directly. It's actually an offense. And when I went to the Anglo world, I got in trouble because they said, you're not looking at me. And I'm thinking, well, I would get a whipping if I look at you. Um, and so uh, I think that even training um, HR teams about various cultures and asking age audience, that's one thing. What about you know, the African-American culture? Is there a nuance that you all are taught that we're not aware of that we can bring to our H? our team, our TA team, so that we can start teaching managers and leaders uh, to have a more open mindset. Um, that would be one way. Um, also, I have a meeting with uh, the CS leaders and talking with them of how we can maintain um, our age with encouraging them to encourage the employees to attend and to see if they would like to come to our meetings and see what age is about. Have, uh, they don't all have to be involved, but it would be nice if they saw the benefit and why their employees that they supervise, how we're in love with this and why it benefits the whole company. So you, you've talked uh, before about um, sort of homogeniz homogenization and, and the fight against homogenization. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, I was taught to blend in early. You know, I actually witnessed, and I was with my mother at four at one point where we were actually asked to leave the store because of who we were ethnically. Um, so I realized early that, well, I was such a sheltered child. I really thought that everybody was Mexican. And when I found out that people weren't, I just went, oh, those poor things. <laughs> I, I kept telling my mother, what do you mean? They don't speak Spanish. They don't eat our food. They don't have the same. She goes, no, they do this. They do that. And I was actually labeled mentally retarded when I went to kindergarten because I spoke Spanish. My mom said she is not retarded. She only speaks Spanish. And so the teacher encouraged my mother not to speak Spanish to my, my brother, my sister. So I'm the one that's more bilingual. And actually, I love it. So I didn't want to let go of it. And took six extra years in high school to make sure I didn't forget it. So homogenizing, I've been, that wall has always been there. I mean, Scottsdale, Tempe, and uh, Phoenix had a public pool, but they always drained the pool with our once-a-day visit for the Mexican-American population. After we swam in it, they drained it, refilled it, and everybody knew that. So there was an implied sub- some whatever that we did not match. So one of the, the goals within age is this focus on, on building powerful relationships throughout the business. 
Why is that work so important? Uh, well, because of the examples that I've been focusing on, I think, because we only grow better. We only hear new. I've never worked for a company that welcomed outside thoughts without being ostracized, to be honest. Um, usually you hit a, well, this is how it's always been done. It's so refreshing. And to me, what I credit Indeed's growth and reputation and continual growth to infinity is my dream um, that we stay engaged and we stay focused. Um, so forgive me if I got lost in that tangent, but that's really what I think is important. Human relationships. I mean, even in COVID, it, the blessing in COVID for me has been learning to value today. I take my mother, we're, we're, she's stuck. Mom, do you want to go for a drive? Okay, we don't go anywhere. Look at the stars, look at the sky, look at whatever. You know, I learned to appreciate the little things. A smile on my dad's face when he's looking at the iPad and watching my grandson that we haven't been able to hold. But at least we can share those things like on a little phone call. Hi, Jane. It's your client specialist. I'm your direct connect to Indeed. How are we doing? You okay? So how can we make Indeed more welcoming to all generations? Building education for the decision makers and awareness. I almost would like to engage more with AARP. I'm trying to figure out how we can do a virtual with them to see if we can, because initially our, our focus was to go out and to do a, a lunch and learn and say to AARP audiences, you have value. You indeed would want to hire you if you have this, 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 and this. Let's talk about that. And not only that, other companies will want you if you talk about this, this, and this. So um, somehow I'd like to have a lunch and learn that's virtual. Um, so that's an ultimate goal for 2021. So when you were talking about your career journey, you, you described each of the steps along the way. And, and it was very clear that you took something with you from each of those. How has your Indeed experience changed you and, and how, how has it changed the way that you view the people that you work with? Well, in my world, my world has changed inside and out. Indeed has changed me in a way that I never thought possible. It's created an environment where I can actually be me with no fear. Rejuvenated in my career that I could actually do more than I thought I did two years ago. Um, and I've learned to be more accepting. I've learned to be more self-aware. I've learned to be appreciative. Because they knew my limitations, but I have to tell you, my folks had shared. They left me on the phone. If I ever got stuck, they would ping me and help me and rescue me and nurture me. So if I have any success, it really is too to my leadership team. A, my manager, Jeff Whipple, Ben Murphy, my, my dedicated team, my shared team. 
it's been a wonderful experience. And my parents feel better knowing that I have a great company. My children feel more secure. My dog is happy. He's eating bones <laughs> that are richer than me. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, Chris, um, I'm here for the long run. And I want to spread the news to everyone that I meet. Your passion is contagious. And uh, I think everyone has, uh, has benefited from having you around. To, to wrap up, one of the things that, that um, we always do at the end of these conversations is sort of looking, looking forward to the future. Obviously, the last eight and a half, nine months have been incredibly challenging for people all over the world. And um, still, in, in light of that, we've had new experiences and, and some new insights and had an opportunity to look at things maybe differently than we had before. Um, what of your experiences over the last uh, eight, nine months have given you some optimism for the future? I think people have learned to be more genuine. And I hope after this in your interview that folks from all over the world can realize that everyone has value. Every single person in this world, no matter what you do, no matter what socioeconomic background you come from. And I, I would share that with my children. I don't care if you want to dig ditches, become whatever you do, do it with integrity, do it with passion. Your name is on it. That's all we have. Make it bright, shine it up. And everyone is welcome here in age. Please stop by, please ping me, get involved with us. We'd like to hear your ideas because together we can, we're changing the world. We can change the world, but we are changing the world. Well, Virginia, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. It was absolutely delightful and inspiring. And thank you so much for everything that you do for Indeed and to help people get jobs all over the world. It's my pleasure, Chris. Thank you.